When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for downloading this special episode of the Attacking Scrum podcast. Our guest this week is Alex Popham, the former Wales Scarlets and Newport back row forward. Many of you will be familiar with Alex's story, uh, diagnosed with early onset dementia as a result of a series of traumatic brain injuries and uh, is currently part of the the lawsuit, the legal action against some of rugby's uh, governing bodies. And we spoke with Alex uh, about that, about what he would like to see changed within the game. We spoke about his charity, Head for Change, which is doing uh, a huge amount uh, in this space. And we also spoke about uh, his fundraising efforts, of which there are some very big plans for later in this year, including a bike ride featuring some uh, legends of the game, including Shane Williams. And they're going to be cycling from London Welsh Rugby Club over to Leon uh, ahead of Wales versus Australia in the Rugby World Cup. So it's fantastic to chat to Alex about all these things. Really hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, thanks to Mark Gardner who joins us on this podcast. Uh, he's the co-founder of MSG Tours who uh, are organising the bike ride over to Leon. Uh, so a big thanks to Mark. He's been on the show before and um, uh, hopefully we're going to get him on again ahead of the, the Rugby World Cup to chat about uh, to chat about a, a fan's guide to, to France for anyone thinking of going. Uh, so enough from me. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. And if you do, please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts or wherever it may be. Right, that's it. On with the show. The Welsh Scrum Superior, Alex Popham, this time... Will score the try. The Fijians couldn't hang on. Welcome to a special episode of the Attacking Scrum podcast. So special, we even managed to get Dan Killick to give us his precious time on presenting duties. Evening, Daniel. Evening, Jed. Um, of course, not just Dan joining us today, but one of my one of my favourite players uh, from years gone by, even though he left Rodney Parade, uh, Alex Popham is with us. How are you doing, Alex? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Evening all. And uh, Alex, is, Alex will be back on his bike again soon and has uh, a really exciting um, fundraising event coming up ahead of the Rugby World Cup. And uh, alongside Alex to tell us about that, good friend of the show, Mark Gardner, the founder of uh, MSG Tours, who's going to be organising the trip. How are you, Mark? Uh, awesome, yes. Dressed the occasion. Very much look forward to this. Thank you for giving us a chance. You are a hundred percent, hundred percent on brand. In, yeah, you know, it's in September. It's not next week. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen my thighs. <laughs> I, 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 I'm back not forward I, I need to start right now and, and beef these up <laughs> well uh, yeah Mark, Mark I'll look forward to hearing about how the training's going and, uh, and definitely looking forward to hearing about uh, Head to Leon a little bit more uh, before we do that Alex we're going we're gonna to chat to you um, you're really really keen to get your your take on on player safety and, and the concerns around that. We're also going to talk about um, also about talk about your charity and, and, and the great work that um, that you've been doing. 
I mean, firstly, though, you know, how are you? How's how's the family? Yeah, I'm. I'm keeping busy, training hard. I've got a full year of events coming up, uh, starting next week, you know, or two weeks time, and yeah, just trying to keep busy, supporting quite a few ex players who were who were struggling and and putting all my time and effort into into head for change. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, yeah, it's been what two years since you since you shared your story with um with the world from a rugby perspective how do you assess like how rugby authorities have have looked to move the game on in that time how do you think that the game has changed from a player safety perspective uh honestly yeah honestly not yeah not not nowhere near enough nowhere near enough i think it's all smoke and mirrors um they do a big pr stunt that they increased the return to play from six days to 12 uh, or six steps that miraculously fit into six days, so no player misses a game, um, and they and they they double it and make it twelve. But there's loopholes within that that a player still can return in in seven. So if player welfare, player safety is number one priority, uh, progressive rugby, the the lobby group I set up uh, is pushing for a minimum of twenty one days and air on the side of caution. Um, yeah. They they're not nowhere do nowhere uh, doing enough uh, in in that respect. Um, they've also put uh, guidelines in place of fifteen minutes of contact per week. Nobody is sticking to that. I'm speaking to current players who are doing three four times that a week, and um, yeah, it needs to happen yesterday uh, to, to to protect the current players. But what it also is going to affect is the volume of players coming through. Mums and dads aren't going to be sending their kids, or not as many, to rugby because of the problems of the numbers of ex ex players. When when I got diagnosed, there was a small group, um, most probably six or seven players who were going through the testing at that, that time. Now over three hundred and fifty have been diagnosed, and that's just in the UK. It's gone live in France. It's gone live in Ireland. It's going live in Scotland, um, Australia and South Africa over the next couple of months. So this problem isn't going away unless some drastic changes are made. I mean, yeah, from from what you've said there, it sounds as though the authorities are still just just paying lip service to it and, and going through... Like you say, like on a on a PR level, rather than than actually implementing implementing real changes. Yeah, I I I don't think it's necessarily them making the decisions at the moment. It's most probably the lawyers involved and what can be done and and when and and until they see the the evidence from our side, um, no no drastic changes will be made. Though that contact in training will be made mandatory until that point. Mm. Um, unfortunately, the the current players are, are suffering because of it. And meanwhile, you know, when you see the the big collisions on the on the big televised games, and then all the debates on social media about whether it should be a red card or not, you know, how does how does that make you feel when you see those you know those kind of things that um, well, that go on around it? Yeah, con- rugby's a contact sport. There's going to be again concussion is not. I don't like using that word. Yeah. It's a TBI, traumatic brain injury, and if we start calling it what it is it uh, it deserves that um and people will take it more seriously um it like 
for me, there's uh, there's certain areas within the game uh, that could be looked at to make it safer. Potentially, the number of subs that come on, I prefer uh, if if the squad, if the team has to last the eighty minutes, mm. and there's only uh, that mean then the the players aren't as big uh, and as powerful to last the the, the full eighty. Um, how they wipe out rucks and take a 10, 15 meter run up to wipe wipe out somebody who's stationary. That's like a car in the hard shoulder being rammed from behind. Um, and yeah, that, that needs to change. But 90% of my damage was done in training. So there's, we can control what happens in training. We can control the dosage of hits over a player's career in training. And that's what's not currently happening. Some teams are really good at it. But some teams are old school and use a, a defence bone on bone session as a punishment because you play terrible mm. on Saturday, and that mentality, Alex, that old school mentality, needs to change. Alex, something you've mentioned in other interviews is brain scans. Can you explain yeah. how you'd like to see them used to protect players' health? Um, well, it's been used in boxing for years to get their license. They have to go through an annual. Uh, uh, screening and one of those uh, tests is a is a brain scan and I think it should be used in pre-season when the brain is at its most rested and you've got a base level tested uh, and the, the the odds are that the scans they're gonna the, if they use the correct scanner which is a, a DTI a diffuse intentional imaging that picks up that picked up the damage in my brain compared to a normal MRI if that was used on current players. Uh, it would give them a baseline. So if there were any traumatic brain injuries in the season, um, then they've got that base level to to compare against before they return to action. Because at the moment, it's finger in the air and all player-led of, are you suffering any symptoms? And the rugby players are gladiators who want to be out there, who are fighting for their next contract and don't want to say no and don't want to show weakness. So it needs to be taken out of the player's hands and let uh, technology work and and be used for for that. So currently, there's a, there's nothing there's nothing like that being done at all. No. And yeah, it does. Some of you some of you mentioned at the start then, Alex, as well. Uh, you know, is is that effect on grassroots? Because obviously, the tendency is that we look at this at you know an elite level, and as well as having played professionally, you know, you're also a, a father yourself. You know, what what would you say to to parents who are unsure as to whether they should be, you know, encouraging their kids to get into rugby or not. And uh, it's, there's so many amazing things about rugby. Um, but that's one of our pillars within head for change. Education is most probably the most important thing in all of this. I thought a traumatic brain injury, a concussion was where you were knocked out. That was my understanding when I was going through my diagnosis and they said, how many concussions did you have? And I said, I think I had two, one against South Africa where I met Mandela before the game and woke up in hospital. And then the other one was when I had my two front teeth knocked out playing for Leeds and woke up in the changing room. And I know, I can't remember them, but I know they happened. And then speaking to other players, they said, what about that one? What about this one? I've got, I've got no recollection of those, of those happening, but most days I would see stars Mm. in, and, and most games, quite a few times. And all, all you would do is have some sniffing salts, chuck some water in your face and carry on. They are traumatic brain injuries. That is causing damage. Um, my neurologist um, 
when when we were going through the testing, like asked about contact sessions, how often and and things like that. He worked out that I've had over a hundred thousand subconcussive hits to my brain. So how he described it was, if you uh, and with no no real symptoms apart from a couple of stars and and, and things like that, he said it's like a leaking tap. If a leaking tap drips on a piece of mud mm. once or twice, there'd be no mark. But if it dripped for 14 years, there'd be a big hole. And that's what's happening to rugby players' brains. Over and over again. There's there's no safe contact. Every contact is causing a little bit of movement, which is causing a little bleed. Mark, you're involved in a lot of school rugby tours yourself. Have you found that parents are, are concerned about the safety of the game? Is that something that you've come up against? Uh, not directly with our, our line of work. We're, <clears throat> we're finding more economical reasons why people aren't travelling and playing as much rugby on tours. So, for example, um, I'm at a school tomorrow doing a presentation for a tour to Australia, New Zealand and Fiji. If I roll back six, seven years ago, the, the, the rugby master, they would be looking to cram as much training in, activities, and as much as many games as possible. Where I think that's it's caught up well in schools where they're now the RFU and WAU ensuring that there's distance between the matches, there's less impact training sessions, and that same school now would be doing probably thirty percent less rugby on um, on on tour. Um, hasn't really affected the appetite for for travelling and going away. Um, people aren't spending as much much money. That's commonplace in the in the market, but we're seeing that there is a, a reduction in the amount of um, sort of physical activity whilst they're whilst they're away. And presumably, you get to—you're almost like get to advise on that then as well. Did you sort of to help them, you know, help them plan and and make sure that they are, you know, maybe not putting in as uh, you know, if they want one extra game, you might would you say, well, let maybe 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 don't have that game, but you do this instead. Yeah, the the, the role of a we're, we're consultants first and foremost. We we advise what can be done, what uh, and also what what should be done. We 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 obey to the rules of the country that you're going to. So, for example, we've got a busy February half turn coming up with teams going over to France. Um, Britain is the uh, the only country in the world that adopts a September to August school year in the continent. And France and Italy, for example, they run a calendar year, January through December. So we've got some difficult scenarios coming up uh, with February half turn where the boys going away under 15 level who are, who are September to December birthdays uh, are being prevented by the French Rugby Federation and Italian Rugby Federation Federation but playing in those typical under 15 age categories because they're older than the boys and that's come from uh, sadly it was some well documented um, deaths in, in French rugby going back five years where, where boys under 18 have, have passed away through contact collisions in, in the game so the FFR are actually being very robust and doing it the right way by insisting that when international teams are coming over and playing um, on, 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 on tour then those games can only take place with boys who are the same age as, as the French lads, and that's something we have to we have to work around. The irony, however, is that in order to get our teams playing on tour in those European countries, then we're being forced to organise games that play up a level. So these guys now, um, the, the French, for example, are, are making that safe for them, and insisting that the problem is passed back to us by playing it boys who are who are a year older. So I'm not sure how we can really win. But on that long haul tour aspect, where people are going further, spending more money, and traveling, traveling away, we are finding ourselves in positions where we're advising 
teachers to perhaps let's just tone down the rugby and focus more on the learning outside the classroom initiatives, seeing the country, spending more time um, uh, preparing without the contact and, and, and enjoying enjoying being where you are. Um, there's enough rugby in the season um, in any, any school calendar without having to cram it into schedules whilst you're away. Yeah, absolutely. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And Alex, you, you, know, you mentioned you've been incredibly busy over the last couple of years, in particular founding Head uh, for Change. Tell us how you, you set up the charity and what, and what the, the, the mission is. Well, soon after my, my diagnosis, which was April 2020, uh, we most probably did the, the, the stupid thing of Googling what support, what, what is out there, what, what is CTE, because I didn't have a, have, a, have a clue about that. And we soon realised the information was for 60 plus year olds and nothing for a 40 year old. So um, we we had a choice of turning left and feel sorry for ourselves and, and do nothing or Mel and I turned right and wanted to, to make a change and a positive change. So uh, we founded uh, Head for Change with Dr. Judith Gates and Sally Tucker from the football world and uh, soon realised uh, there was the numbers were from the people I was talking to, over 50% were struggling in some way, shape or form. And um, that was one of our, because um, we were at the coal face, one of our first challenges was care and support. And that's care and support for the for the ex-player uh, and his family. Um, and we've, we've most probably had, I think, about six or seven um, interventions where we've had players suicidal um, and... Had to get professional help uh, to them uh, and speaking to them, um, which which is is yeah, it's 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 horrible, and um, we we need to to make those numbers less and less. Um, people know what we are, what we can offer now, which which is great because there wasn't anything before. Um, and then the other two areas is education. Um, and that, for me, is the most important for the next generation coming through, um, all the way from grassroots up to to the elite level, players, coaches, school teachers, uh, parents, because at that level of rugby, and we've got to remember, I think it's ninety eight percent of the people who play rugby aren't at the elite level, mm. so there's no spotters, there's usually no medics, so parents have got to be aware of the signs of a. TBI of a traumatic brain injury and be able to notify the ref to say, look, Johnny's had a hit over there. He needs to be looked at. Um, and then the third part of Head for Change is research. And that's independent research away from any governing body. Um, because, uh, yeah, it's better to be in control of research and be able to show 
100% of the findings, um, if they're good or bad. Mark, how did you get involved with Head for Change? Well, I was really fascinated by seeing Alex come on the scene and be, be part of this journey. Uh, it details well with uh, one of my favourite people in, in rugby, Tim Stimson, who is an ambassador of, of ours. Was, um, we worked with our business since inception seven years ago. Tim got close with Alex on the progressive rugby. Uh, and I followed Alex from, from the journey growing up with, with, with the same age. Uh, Alex won't remember playing against me. Um, I was one of the guys that was underneath his studs quite a lot and <laughs> half the size a third of, third of the talent. <laughs> um, he, he went on to do well. Um, I, I didn't, and, and that's why I'm trying to uh, make my make my living in the in the travel world of rugby right now instead of instead of instead of playing rugby. Um, but I, but I, I love the concept of it. I'm, I'm a parent myself. I've got, got a son who is about to turn nine who doesn't want to play rugby because he looks too dangerous, and I think that's a that's a that's a terrible thing. Um, uh, I'd love for him to do what we did and play rugby in the in the safest possible way. Obviously, the head for change is doing great work as well in in the football world, not just with um, not just with the rugby. The fact that our local leagues here in, in Derbyshire don't allow heading in the in the game. It's a trial period for for two years. That's that's fascinating. Um, I'd like to see the teams are playing a bit more like Brazil, playing out from the back. And that that age group is not quite uh, kicking off just yet at, at, that, at that level. But you can see that it, it it's it's working. It's it's making it's making the game safer. Um, so for two years now, we've We've been speaking with Alex and working on various events. Uh, we've run three events in Cardiff before Wales Games where we've, we've announced our partnership. We've announced Head for Change. So they were charity partner for 2023 and every, everything that we're doing at Rugby Walk at France next year as official travel agent um, is the aim of promoting the good name of the, of the charity. Every event will have all the, all the branding and we're, yeah, we're delighted to support them with PR and finance support um, every, every every way possible. Yeah, we're, we're, we're big fans and proud to be involved. And tell us about the ride. Tell us about this this epic uh, trip to, to Leon. You've got some amazing names lined up for this. Yeah, I'm, I'm buzzing for it. I'm, uh, it's it, For me now, the biggest thing I miss from rugby is just being with a group of mates, chatting, cut loads of banter, and I've managed to pull in a few of the ambassadors for Head for Change. So we've got, he's not a bad cyclist, Garen Thomas, uh, uh, Tour de France winner, <laughs> lead, lead, lead in the pack, and, and his good friend Luke Rowe. Um, and then I've got six ex-Welsh internationals. So Colin Charvis, Ian Goff, Shane Williams, Ryan Jones, Anthony Copsey and myself, uh, a full level of... Uh, of, of different speeds of cyclists and it's not that you've got to be up with Geraint there's going to be four five levels of, or speeds average speeds for uh for people to take part and and for me the the other events that I've done over multiple days there's people on there that first day you just think you, you chat you're polite and by the end you're best mates and you would never have thought you're going to be an you're on WhatsApp groups with them, and it's just an amazing experience. But this one uh, is going to hopefully top them all because we're going to be going south. We're going to be going to the sun. We're going to be going to watch Wales, hopefully defeat uh, Australia in a World Cup game. So, yeah, it's 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 going to be amazing. 
Out of those players, Mark, are you? Sorry, Dan. Just yeah, out, out of those players you mentioned, you know, obviously there'll, there'll be a lot of uh, varying, um, varying ability throughout people taking part. But there must be a few of those players who are still ultra competitive or want to be, want to be, want to be up there in in Garantia. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure we're we're going to have different segments, and and that's going to be the great thing on this event. In the evenings, uh, there's going to be recovery, massages, um, ice baths. Um, but we're also going to have a bit of fun. So every day we want to present the yellow jersey and get get right, Thomas. We're going to have a sprint, a sprint of the day, and just things like that to make it fun and interesting for for everybody. But um, yeah, it's it, as I said, it's going to be for all levels. Um, and yeah, don't feel under pressure that you've got to be ultra fit to take part in this, um, because I know people, friends have already looking to sign up. Uh, are just looking to enjoy it, uh, get through the day, and not feel under pressure. So it's 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 uh, offers uh, the event offers for everybody, uh, whatever level they are. Mark, what about the route? What's in store for the riders then? I've been told it's all downhill. <laughs> The fact, the fact that it starts at somewhere you boys need no introduction to at Old Deer Park in London is, is wonderful. It kicks off with breakfast, uh, breakfast buns and, and four or five jugs of coffee at London Welsh, and then it heads I down to the, the, the beer there. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, some of my st- some of my some of my team members here today asked me what what what's the vibe going to be at night time? Uh, is it early to bed? Um, how serious are these people will be? I reckon there could be a couple of Guinnesses on that on that start line just to get everyone going. And probably, the, probably the easy bit is going south down to New Haven with crossing then on an afternoon ferry on, on the first day to Dieppe. That's the first night. And like any first night on tour, you just need to know when to exit stage left. You know, don't be don't don't be that guy that, that has to make make the impression. That's not doing you any favors for the next five days. What because what's coming up from there? If you know where Leon is, it's it's south southwest. Yeah, um, south, sorry, in the southwest of France, a fair chunk down. It's equivalent of an Ironman bike ride every every day. So it's an average of 180 clicks on your backside in the saddle after breakfast with lunch stops. You know, we're, we're moving our way. We're going through the outskirts of, um, of Western Paris and then we're cutting through the centre of the country. And it's been been put together by Activate Sports, our, our, our cycling partners for the, the logistics of the event, in order to make maintain the flattest possible profile as we move down towards Lyon. So it averages 180k a day for days two, three and four. Those those people need to also re- have a good look at the profile because you know where Leon is. You're getting close to the mountains, and on that on that penultimate day, we've got 170 of those in the saddle, and it does get a little bit little bit lumpy. So on a night on night three, in uh, after after Lomsey, that's where people need to be tucked up for the book by 8 p.m. and ready to go to put a shift in for that, for that last day. It gets uh, it gets it gets a bit a bit hilly. Yeah, but they, again, they, they, it's, there's no, it's not a race. Yeah. It's it, people can take their time, enjoy the, enjoy the stops, and yeah, there's, there's no time penalties or anything like that. So, um, with the, uh, the four or five speeds of groups that we're going to be setting, yeah, it's um, obviously you've got to have a base level, good level of uh, cycling fitness, but there's, there's no pressure from anybody. 
a month. Well, the final... that's, what, that's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, on, on, on that final day, as you, as you come into Leon on what's going to be Saturday afternoon, we've got a four-star hotel right next to the famous river. It's got a big outdoor, outdoor pool. It's going to be an immediate recovery session. Get the legs in the water. Um, get a beer in, beer in your hand. And then it's two days of of, of enjoying the showpiece occasion. I mean, that is Wales v Australia. You've no introduction. You're in the food capital of the world, you know, the centre of Lyon. We'll have a lovely team dinner that night. And the following day, Super Sunday, Wales play at 9pm that night. So that's the whole day to build up. Uh, we have a pre-game event in the afternoon with some brilliant speakers from the world of rugby. Um, some great hospitality laid on. I can tell you too much about that because the mantra of our business is delivering the unexpected and we like to surprise and delight. So let's just say you need to need to have the same levels of, of pacing on that Sunday as you have done on the previous <laughs> previous five days because 9pm 9, 9 is late. I mean, when do you ever watch a bloody game at 9pm at, at, at night time? Um, well, that, that only, only in France, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> of course. Only, only, only in France for the, for, the, for the TV. But let's not lose sight of getting a bit rugby nosy here that that game... That game's crucial. I mean, Gatland, Gatland's back. He is planning something for that game. We beat Australia, having beaten Fiji before, having done the business with Portugal and expecting to beat Georgia. That could be our ticket through to a Argentina quarterfinal, which we back ourselves in. Um, we always seem to do pretty well against our South American friends. And then it's semis. That could be semi versus Ireland. Could be semi versus France. I mean, uh, all the all the big boys have got to have got to wrestle. Away from us, like that, yeah. we could we could be in Paris, guys, on thirteenth of October next next year in the in the World Cup final. Michael, back up. I see just enough time for you to get that uh, for you to get that jersey clean, Mark. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I do love I, I do love to dream. I know. I mean, it's it's really interesting that Mark as well. But like from a from a business perspective as well, the. The uh, the stars must have aligned for you. You know, Gatland coming back, Eddie Jones coming back for Australia. Uh, you know, New England coach. The the whole the whole dynamic of international rugby has just got an added bit of an added bit of um, added bit of extra excitement ahead of the World Cup, hasn't it? Oh, we're we're blessed. Yeah, starting in Bordeaux with the wine country, heading down to the Basque country after that. Before playing Portugal on the Cup Reserve. Um, some of our clients are staying in Monaco. Some are in Cannes. Some are on that on that Nice coastline. After that, they're going to Avignon, Provence, um, Saint Etienne. The, the two days before, so where Leon is, uh, I suppose the same distance as Cardiff kind of to Swansea. You've got the beautiful city of Saint Etienne. We're on the Friday evening. It's Argentina v Samoa, which our clients are going to go to. And then on Sunday, you're finishing in Leon, watching Alan Jones come out for his 204th cap. Um, Ken Jones. Um, captain and hopefully deciding he'll he'll be 115 and caps by then and yeah it's a it's 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 a real it's a real treat and subject to subject to winning that game or if you finish second we're still in the quarterfinals uh, they're taking place in in Marseille back to back games right back on the south coast so it's it's sunshine and good vibes all the way for Wales fans. Alex, you played in two uh, rugby World Cups. How will this compare as an experience to go in as a player? Um, yeah, it's, it's like my my memory of my, like my playing days is 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 not great, um, unfortunately. Um, but obviously, as a as a kid, you I can remember the '95 World Cup, 
and what what watching that and every player dreams of playing in a World Cup and to to play in two, I feel very privileged. Um, and to play in in France, where they're one of the favourites, the the country is passionate about rugby, um, and that is growing because their their team is doing so well. I think it's going to be an amazing amazing experience. So uh, yeah. Um, the the you 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 you've seen it in in the Welsh regions performance. You could tell it's a World Cup year. Mm. First time every yeah. Welsh re- region won last week because Gatlin was picking his squad yesterday or the day before. So he'll keep all those players on their toes. And yeah, we we've got some great players, world class players. We just need them to. Um, and it's easier said than done, but. I think Gatlin can come in and, and, and do a job and, and, and get us competing. And uh, when Wales are competing, we can get results. Um, and and those those games where there's a two-point difference, anybody anybody can, can win them. And that's all you want to be. You want to be in that fight. And the way he's going to train the boys, the fitness levels, they'll be through the roof and they'll be one of the best prepared teams out there. So... Every player wants to be on that plane, go into France, and and if, if if I'm right this year, every game is in France. Yeah, it is, isn't it, Mark? Yeah, when I when <laughs> I played in '07, we were flying back and played a couple in in Wales and things like that. That 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 doesn't sit well with me. It never I felt right it's... as a fan either. Like watching rugby no. World Cup France, I mean, I went to that Wales Australia game in in Cardiff, and it just felt really weird because it was neither one thing nor the other. You didn't have the normal yeah. Cardiff match day routine because yeah. it was just you know there was World Cup branding everywhere, and and it didn't feel yeah. like a World Cup because you weren't in France. It was yeah, it was a, a odd experience. I think I agree. This makes it a lot more special in in one place. And yeah. um, no. before that, Six Nations around the corner. Alex, have you got have you got more more fundraising lined up? Lined up beforehand? Yeah, I'm I'm cycling from Cardiff to Edinburgh on the sixth of uh sixth of February. So um Di Matthews, uh, a, a friend of mine who I cycled from North Wales to South Wales for Welsh Charitables uh, a few years back contacted me and said he wanted to put an event on for me and uh, a, a ride and asked if I would join. So I'm joining. I've got about six players doing the first day with me. I've got Gav Evans, who used to be a, a centre at the Scarlets and Blues, uh, doing the full part. And then I've got Craig Chalmers doing the last couple of days when we arrive in, in Edinburgh. So I've got that event, um, yeah, the six, starting on six. Superb. Mark, if anyone's listening and wants to get involved with uh, the trip to Leon, where can they, where can they find out more and how do they, how do they go about it? Uh, the website's msgsupporters.com and you'll see a big picture of Garrett Thomas on the front, which you can click on and find out find the details. It's a seven-day trip altogether. It includes all the transportation um, back from Lyon as well as the, the, the bike ride going over. The trip includes all the accommodations, all your meals. Nobody has to think about it whilst, uh, whilst they're away. They're all, they're all taken care of. We do have a shorter iteration as well for those that are struggling for seven days. You can travel to France by Eurostar with us and then catch up on day and what would be day three of the trip. You've missed two days of cycling. And so for those less confident cyclists or those with less annual leave, it's uh, something for, for everyone. We also have some electric bikes there as well for people who are really, really keen to do it, but you don't feel that they've um, got the miles in the legs to do so. 
Um, however, to make this a truly unique experience, um, you certainly can't have 3,000 people riding that riding that route. It's a, it's a boutique trip with a, with a limited audience. So we've created 40 places available for um, for supporters. Now, we have been on sale for, for a couple of weeks. It's filling up pretty fast. Um, so anyone that's keen, you can find all these details on our website, the route map, the profile, the information about the packages and the, and, and the prices. And as Head for Change, our chosen charity, we're making a, a pledge for every single cyclist that, that joins with us, as well as a, as a corporate donation from um, from the company to Head for Change. Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Yes, yeah, hugely exciting. I'm going to struggle to sleep tonight, I think. You, so I was going to say, have we, got, have we got three new sign-ups here? We're certainly grooming Dan Killick for this one. This has got you written all over it, Dan, hasn't it? It is. I'm signing up. I'm in. Boom. I'm in. Can, we Garrett's group? Garrett's group? Yeah, I think I think I could well be uh, up with, <laughs> with Garrett. Uh, <laughs> he can be your domestic, Dan, can't he? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Even if he... he yeah, even if he even if he does uh, let his hair down and go 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 full tilt on the beers, I'll be nowhere near that group. That's uh... yeah, that, that that's the uh, the other thing we talking with with Luke and uh, and Garrett. We're going to be doing their podcast on one of the evenings on the way down. So they're going to be doing what's mm. what's occurring live from one of the hotels. Um, yeah, oh, fantastic. It's gonna be, be a bit of fun in the evenings as well, and just trying to make it uh, yeah unique with. We've talked to Mark about this, but I want everybody to um, um, their favourite song, and we'll have a bit of yeah. a playlist on the way down. So whenever the support cars are going past, your tune could be playing. And Brilliant, I love that. Day. So it's going to be a tour tour album for for everybody to to take away with them and and some amazing memories. Oh, great! Yeah. Dan, what would your what would your song be, Dan? So know that you're uh, very heavily contemplating this. Yeah, I am. What would my song? What would my song be? Can you just um, play? Can I? Can I play? Um, make a little mixtape of all the times you've got players' names wrong on this podcast, and just have that play every time. Every time they go past you, Dan. <laughs> I'd probably have something, something by the Stereophonics, probably in the early days. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe local boy on the photograph, but yeah. If I could pick a number, it'd probably be quite an eclectic mix. Yeah. Um, I'll surprise you, Alex. Yeah, I'm oh, okay. looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I enjoy uh, enjoy my music, so nice. Again, it's just bringing people together, and uh, yeah, music can do that, can't it? And just oh, yeah. give you that yeah. give you that little spurt when you're when you're a bit tired. A support vehicle goes past, booming your song. It's going to be cracking. Um, I'm going to throw it back to, to to Mark. Mark, what's your what's the, what would your song be? And then Alex as well. <laughs> oh, I love Dakota. Dico, yeah. Okay, a bit of a stereophonics theme, yeah? yeah. My, 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 mine was a song that um, I used to listen to before I played, and I, I li- I'm listening to it quite a bit recently. I at least once a week check it on, but I'm, oh, what's his, um, something inside so strong? You know that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that uh, nice. yeah, means uh, the words, yeah, pick me up. It's uh it's a yeah. pick-up song. We'll have that as the uh, as the outro music for uh, for this episode. Um, boys, thank you so much for coming on. It sounds like an absolutely uh, absolutely amazing trip. Can't wait to hear more about it, especially if uh, especially if we get Killick on there. 
Um, we expect in plenty of updates <laughs> from you, Dan. Um, and yeah, Alex, all the best with uh, with all the fundraising. We'll um, we'll retweet the um, the links and and stick them on our profile and stuff as well. And uh, and yeah, Mark, we'll have to get you on again, like you did in in 2019, to talk us through. Um, uh, it's always through what the what the ideal trip around France looks like, and um, a bit of a fan's guide to, to rugby world cups. We'll sort that out soon as well. Pleasure, thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Podcast Network.